young children allegedly abused. But are there cases being properly investigated? We can never be all that thorough in one day. And potentially dangerous chemicals in some of Georgia's drinking water. What does this lead to? What is it going to do to me? A community pleading with the state to protect their future. And traveling with cash at the airport, passengers made to prove they aren't drug dealers. How many innocent people do you have to search before you find what you're looking for? Sir, I've got nothing to say to you. Plus, a roofer arrested, accused of taking off with his client's cash. I feel let down. Very, very let down. This is Behind the Investigation. Thanks for joining us on this special edition of Behind the Investigation with Atlanta News First Investigates. Young kids allegedly abused in foster care, the troubling truth about how quickly their cases were closed and considered unfounded. Advocates say historic staffing shortages have led to shortcuts, putting lives in danger. It's typical to find a busy drive through at this Canton McDonald's, but on November 11, 2022, workers were busy with something else, too. An 11-year-old seemingly lost. You sure can. Dylan would not be going home. Canton police spent that night trying to figure out why Dylan was left there. So somebody picked you up from school and brought you here? And you don't know who it was? What did they look like? Nearly two hours later, officers officially confirmed Dylan was actually in the custody of Division of Family and Children's Services, or DVACS. According to the incident report, a subcontracted staffer was supposed to be watching him until a caseworker arrived. I guess until I can get a hold of somebody with DVACS, I'm not Officers ultimately found the staffer in question, who claimed he never left Dylan, only lost sight of him. This is a weird one. Evax was housing Dylan at a hotel until they placed him at Kids Peace, a facility which offers mental and behavioral health treatment. Bringing hope, help, and healing. The child entered state custody with the history of psychiatric issues and evaluation detailed. It really traumatized him, um, separation anxiety. And he didn't do well um, in their custody. Dad Crispin Fame claims instead of help, it led to harm. Emails show he reported the alleged attacks against his son to defects officials. The family alleges inadequate supervision of other residents resulted in these injuries. He he was somewhat of a target. He was 11. He had a soft voice. We asked defects about whether they opened any investigation. A spokesperson declined comment, citing the information confidential, but the family gave us this state letter, which says the agency found the allegation unsubstantiated. He truly doesn't belong in a a facility of that nature. A Cherokee County juvenile judge seemingly agreed, ordering this summer the child be moved because the health or welfare may be endangered, adding the court disapproved Dylan's placement at Kids Peace. Atlanta News First obtained state data showing since October 2017 in Georgia, there were 3,832 reports of children being physically or sexually abused while in state care. Our analysis reveals abuse, or at least reports of abuse. DFACs sustain only 303 allegations, just 8%. So is there incentive to 
fudge the numbers? No, I don't believe there's an incentive to fudge the numbers. Former DFACS director Tom Rawlings. The vast, vast majority of our foster parents and our uh, group home uh, leaders and workers are good people who are doing the best they can to care for children. Rawlings believes the disparity in sustained cases come from this. Because the standards are so high, even accidental injuries must be reported. But then investigations reveal no actual abuse. However, advocates argue historic agency staffing shortages have led to shortcuts with investigations. State data shows 28% of all cases were closed within a single day. We can never be all that thorough in one day. But Rawlings adds during his 2018 to 2021 tenure, when cases were closed quickly, it became apparent to everyone that there was no physical or sexual abuse. It was only after interviews confirmed there was no harm. He says inspections were done efficiently and correctly. How often is it done incorrectly? Is there any checks and balances on that? I have, of course, I've seen situations in which it wasn't done properly. Um, Sometimes people are in a hurry. A fear all too close to home for Dylan's family. He calls all the wounds battle scars. He's He's real resilient. So, Sierra, you're not the only one investigating the state's foster care system, right? Yeah, I'm not the only one investigating. In fact, after we exposed all of these claims over the past two years, the federal government, the U.S. Senate, opened a federal probe into the matters. Mm. So what happens next? Where's the accountability? That's a huge question. People want to know. It remains to be seen if DFAC's leadership will speak at all during these ongoing hearings. But ultimately, this could affect national funding and national policy. Innocent passengers stopped and searched moments before boarding their flight. These government agents aren't finding drugs or weapons in most cases. They're after your money and you are free to go. Hiding in plain sight at the busiest airport in the world. Drug agents walk the concourses, blending in by dressing just like passengers. This is a DEA task force officer scanning passengers boarding a flight for Los Angeles. There's another. How do we know who they are? Because we use the same tactics to investigate them after several passengers said they were targeted for warrantless searches at the gate or on the jet bridge. I'm a random search guy. So he says, so those white folks, and I'm the random search. Hollywood actor Jean Ellie was stopped by Clayton County officers while boarding a flight to L.A. Were you here in Atlanta? Yep. How long were you here? Doesn't matter. Why are you asking me all these same questions? Check my bag, do what you gotta do, and so I can get out of here, please. The narcotics officers didn't find anything, but kept asking questions of the Emmy-winning actor. When you purchase your ticket? Don't worry about it, man. Just put the call. Check my bag so I get out of here, please. All right, that's good. Thank you. That whole thing is just so humiliating. Like, who thinks this is a a, a proper way to treat anyone? Tabari Sturdivant is an Atlanta-based film director who was also flying to L.A. when agents stopped him at the departure gate. All my life, I pride myself on being an upstanding citizen and... You still do this to me. I'm clean, like I'll comply, but like, why why me? Drug agents search Tabari's bags in the boarding area in front of other passengers, some recording on their phones. I'm thinking more about, you know, making this plain than I'm even thinking about my rights at this point. Is that part of their strategy, you think? I think it's 100%. 
Records show that DEA and local police rarely find any drugs or make arrests during what they call cold consent searches at the gate. I see the finish line to get on the plane. Everybody knows that feeling of getting, uh, you know, right at the door or getting on the jetway when you get blindsided. I'm like, man, I got to get on this flight. And they were like, if you let us do our job, we'll get I'll make sure you get on your flight. So I'm like, oh, do what you got to do. They didn't find anything suspicious in Tabari's bag. So what were they looking for? He just is like, are you high? Are you, have you smoked? Do you have any drugs in this bag? Do you have any money? The DEA and other drug agents are seizing millions of dollars from departing passengers at Hartsfield-Jackson, mostly from flights to L.A., even though it's completely legal to travel domestically with any amount of cash. We found dozens of cases in Atlanta's federal court, USA v. some amount of currency. That's right, in most cases, they don't arrest the passenger. They arrest their money, even when no drugs are found. The probable cause statements show that the cash is administratively forfeited as drug money if the passenger can't prove on the spot that their money is innocent. You're either going to sign a consent form saying that you're allowing us to search them, okay. or I'm going to detain them, run my dog on it, and get a search form. Feel free to search the bag, sir. Are you willing to sign a consent form? Yes, I will sign a consent form. Feel free to search my bags. In this 2015 Department of Justice report, the Office of Inspector General told the DEA it should stop using a troubling technique, causing passengers to believe a voluntary search is a mandatory TSA secondary inspection. Eight years later, we found DEA agents at Atlanta's airport using similar methods. He just approached me and he asked me for my ID. He didn't state who he was, he just asked me for ID. And I thought he was uh, a Delta agent. He had airport credentials on. And so I, I gave it to him immediately. I thought this was how I was gonna get on the plane or something, I don't know. The drug agents may be in plain clothes, but they're not undercover. This is Sergeant David Fikes. He and his canine Bane are still all over the Brookhaven Police Facebook page. Since Fikes was assigned to the DEA task force at the airport last year, records show he's been involved in seizing more than a million dollars in cash. His police department has received a 9% cut of that money, more than $100,000, even though Brookhaven PD is nowhere near the airport. If we have the ability to walk up to, say, Officer Fikes or to any one of these agents in the airport, what would you like us to ask them? How would you feel if somebody did this to you? How would you feel? We found Fikes and other plainclothes DEA task force officers by going to departure gates for L.A. flights. They stopped passengers at the boarding door, asking to see their documents before going through their carry-on bags. The searches we watched came up empty. The drug agents cased three different gates in Concourse A, blending in with passengers while we observed from a standoff distance. But it didn't take long before the task force officers spotted our phone and camera. Once they sat down, it was time for a cold consent interview of our own. Hey there, I'm with the news. You're Sergeant Fikes, aren't you? I'm with uh, Atlanta News First. Okay. How many innocent people do you have to search before you find what you're looking for? Sir, I've got nothing to say to you. Another officer was behind me, out of sight, over my shoulder, giving hand signals to Fikes as I asked him questions. What about Sabari Sturdivant? Yeah. Remember him? No? Took everything out your bag and put it all around in front of everybody and made you look like a criminal. Like, how would you feel? Officer Fisk. Why do people have to prove themselves innocent? 
You got nothing to say to these people? Brendan, this is just the tip of the iceberg. You found more. Yeah, we actually track these guys through the airport, as you know. But what's the process? How do they do this? And of course, there's the question of, are they targeting people? Is there racial profiling? We have all those answers right now on AtlantaNewsFirst.com. Brendan, let's talk about solutions. What are your rights at the airport? You know, the first thing that experts tell us is you should ask, am I free to go? If the answer is no, it's a detention. And at that point, they have to back that up with at least reasonable suspicion, if not probable cause. If they say you are free to go, you can simply go at that point. But if they seize your money, that's the bigger problem, because then the government can just take it. And then you have to essentially prove it isn't from illegal means to get it back. Technically, the burden's on the government, but really you have to prove you legally earned your own money. Wow. Coming up, dangerous chemicals linked to cancer once in North Georgia's drinking water. Residents now grappling with how to keep their family safe. Doesn't this make you mad? Well, yeah, it does. Right now, scientists are calling for widespread testing of North Georgia families who are exposed to dangerous toxins and their drinking water. No agency has ever tried to measure the impact of the people who drank it for decades. So Atlanta News First did. Alvin Jackson is on his way to see one of the crown jewels of North Georgia, the Ustinala River that flows through the city of Rome, providing drinking water to thousands of homes. We swammed in it, we fished in it. The river's always been one of our richest resources. A blessing, but over the past few years, a curse as well. In 2016, state environmental officials identified elevated levels of a toxic chemical in the river called perfluoroalkyl, or PFAS for short. It's man-made and known as the forever chemical because it does not break down naturally. A recently settled lawsuit put the blame on carpet manufacturers and chemical companies upriver. Exposure to PFAS has been linked to severe illness, including high cholesterol, thyroid disease, and cancer. What does this lead to? What is it going to do to me? While the city changed its water source eight years ago, state health officials have never tried to measure the impact of the contaminated water. The Georgia Department of Public Health telling Atlanta News First in July, it does not have plans at this time to conduct testing, saying most people in the United States have measurable amounts of PFOS in their blood. So, we decided to try the measure of the exposure ourselves, purchasing these testing kits from a company called Eurofence. It's developed the first direct-to-consumer at-home PFAS blood test. And this past September, the 22nd. we asked 11 Rome area residents to participate, people who have lived in the area for at least 20 years. One, two, three, go. Do it at the side of the finger. Yeah, that's great. Oh, I hate this part. Really hard. It really didn't hurt at all. Alvin joined too. He's on the city of Rome's school board and Barbara Pinson, the county's superior court clerk. I mean, a little finger prick is nothing. Hopefully our results are going to prove that it's not anything that's uh, real serious, but we need to know. 
A few weeks later, the results arrived, revealing every participant with some level of PFAS in their blood. That was expected. The chemical is used in hundreds of household products to make things water and stain resistant, including nonstick cookware and food packaging. But the amount of PFAS detected in the participants' blood raises concern. Nearly all of them had higher levels than the national median. And, and you would expect it to be elevated, I think? We asked three scientists to review the results, all with extensive backgrounds in PFAS research, including Dr. Dana Barr, professor at Emory University's School of Public Health. These are the reports. She traveled to Rome to provide her perspective to the participants in person. I do think that there is some exposure that's occurring in this region or with these people, um, obviously. Definitely exposure in this community in I, some way. I think you could use this information to go to the city or to the state and say, we, you know, we want an exposure study done in this area. And I think that, that it warrants it given this information. The other scientists agree. While the sample size is small, Dr. Jane Hoppen with North Carolina State University says more testing should be conducted. Everybody should be tested, particularly in communities where we know that the water has been contaminated. You've opened your eyes. You've opened this community's eyes. Dr. David Andrews is with the Environmental Working Group, a nonprofit advocacy organization. If you worked for Georgia's Department of Health and you saw these results, how would you be responding? I think they should be concerned and I think they should be responding in terms of Thinking about what what are the action plans for this community and what needs to be done. Alvin's PFAS levels, the highest of all the participants, nearly seven times the national median. So I'm wondering, you know, how is this going to affect me directly? Am I going to develop some type of cancer or some type of disease, you know? The participant with the lowest PFAS levels, Callie Swafford, and it was no surprise to her. For nearly 10 years, her drinking water has come exclusively from a natural spring outside the city. Oh, the proof is in the pudding. So it's validating for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. By a raise of hands, how many people want the state to do more testing? Despite the results, the state's health department's decision remains the same. It does not have plans to conduct blood testing. Adding without direct oversight and knowledge of how the tests were administered, it would be irresponsible for DPH to comment on the results. Mike Elliott's PFOS results were more than twice the national median. Doesn't this make you mad? Well, yeah, it does. I mean, all chemical exposures make me mad. Because, um, you know, you want to be able to live in a, a world where you're not being exposed to something against your will. It seems like we should be able to yell and scream at somebody. Uh, I mean, something needs to be done. I agree. Um, it takes money to do things, though. That's the problem, and somebody has to fund it. A community poisoned without permission and no plans from the state or any agency to help give more residents answers. Andy, this is extraordinary public service investigative reporting. You touched on it in your piece about the health risks, but why could these levels be so dangerous? So PFAS is linked to multiple health conditions, including thyroid disease and cancer. That's why it's so important to know what your levels are so you can do appropriate screenings. 
So what's the answer here? You just wait until the state steps in, or is there something that residents can do now? So you can buy your own PFAS test. We have a link to do that on our website, but it is expensive, and most insurance companies don't cover it. Up next, a roofer with a history of complaints. It was delayed because of weather, supply issues. Now arrested after an Atlanta News First investigation. A slew of police reports, lawsuits, and customer complaints. Atlanta News First dug into the allegations and how it got one businessman arrested. What you need to know before hiring a contractor. I'm telling you to stop that. Tom Bohan is the owner of Veterans Roofing, formerly known as Simply Roofing. We confronted him in October because one of his customers gave him a $13,000 insurance check to replace her storm-damaged roof and never got it. Yeah, he wanted that money. Jerry Hightower says it's been more than a year. Another month went by and I said, look, you know, I'm not going to do business for you. You can just return my check and I'll never forget what he said. Oh, that ain't going to happen. I'm here because I want to give you the opportunity to respond. Yeah, you did that last time and you were full of crap. How? Yeah, because you, you lied. At the time of our chat, Bohan didn't mention a situation we found out about later. Two of his customers in LaGrange got tired of waiting for their roofs and filed police reports. Bohan got arrested and spent the week before Thanksgiving in jail. James Robson is the Troop County investigator who put him there. Would you say this is a clear case of fraud and deception? Yes, sir, it is. Especially with his long history and the numerous complaints he's gotten over the years. This was hail damage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a bad hailstorm. Actually, we had two of them. Jeffrey Nelson, his friends call him Big Country, hired Veterans Roofing in April, about a week after severe storms and a tornado plowed through LaGrange. He gave a Veterans Roofing salesman an insurance check for $17,780 and waited six months. I've lost a lot of sleep on kind of man. You won't believe the nights. That I, that I wake up at 1 o'clock and it's on my mind. Investigator Robson started poking around, and guess what he found? Mr. Bohan gave us a sob story about how... An Atlanta News first investigation about Bohan that started in 2019. We take our quality control pretty seriously. I did a Google search of him, and several of your stories came up. That was one of the reasons I was pushing so hard on this, is looking how many people he's done this in the past and has a history of it. This is the first check. Add Joyce Palmer to the list of complaints. She's Jeffrey Nelson's neighbor. His excuse all the time was it was rain, it was too hot, or any kind of excuse all the time. Joyce signed over checks totaling $21,000 and chronicled a six-month delay. In October, when the two neighbors filed their police reports, Detective Robson called Bohan for an explanation. He wanted to argue that it was a contract and that he wasn't going to have to pay it back. It was delays because of weather and supply issues. Bohan's argument worked for multiple police reports filed throughout Metro Atlanta. But not in Troop. When a homeowner complains, Troop County gives contractors a 30-day warning to catch up or face arrest. He just figured if I get my roof done, I won't say nothing. Bohan finished Joyce Palmer's roof in time. But when he missed Jeffrey Nelson's deadline, he went to jail. Go get it. Nelson claims after the arrest, Bohan's wife mailed two refund checks and asked him to drop the charges. 
but this check for $14,000 bounced. Bohan replaced it with a cashier's check, but Big Country says it does not change his opinion. I feel let down, very, very let down. But from a guy too, supposed to be a veteran, you know. We spoke to Mr. Bohan before his arrest in November and after. He said the situation is unfortunate, but his intent is not to keep people's money at all. But three weeks after his first arrest, Bohan was arrested again, this time for alleged racketeering, running what Troop County Sheriff's Office calls a corrupt organization. And to be clear, Harry, Mr. Bohan has not been convicted of a crime. So where do the cases stand right now? All right. So we want to be clear about that. He has not been convicted of a crime. So we have to wait the process out. Troop County investigators, once they complete their investigation, they'll send it to uh, the DA's office and then they will have to make a decision. And that's just for Troop County. If you look at what happened in Gwinnett County uh, with the other customer who's waiting on nearly $14,000, she's filed a police report. And we did reach out to the DA's office and we got a call back from police. They know about this case. They are investigating and we'll see what happens from there. Harry, we love what you do for individual consumers, especially fighting to get their money back or hold the powerful accountable. But if I'm watching this at home or on my phone, what can I do if I'm hiring a roofer to protect myself? Well, the first thing, and you know I love to say this, you don't pay up front. Some of the bigger companies are going to require something, but if you get an insurance check for $13,000, $20,000, there is no need to hand that check over to a contractor you know nothing about. If it's a business that's been there in a long time.